Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are locked on Lakers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. It is a a really slow news day today for, for the Los Angeles Lakers when we actually were anticipating news. So that's actually what we're going to start the show with about the lack of news being potentially news with David Nwaba. I'm joined, as all, as always, by Harrison Fagan. Uh, you're almost – are you on spring break right now or next week? Next week. So it's like right there. It's it's well, we're almost there and I, I need it. I need it bad. Yeah, that that does sound I could go for another vacation. I wouldn't I wouldn't turn that one down. Um, as always. So actually, now, nah, you know what? As always, follow the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, Tunes, Stitcher and today's fast break. Use those promo codes on SeatGeek and Mac Weldon. Uh, like I said, we're going to open with the David Nwaba stuff. Apparently. Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka are are going to school or went to school, uh, so we get to talk about what kind of lunch pails they would maybe use. And Harrison told me before the show that there's a James Harden and Trevor Ariza tweet that I need to know about. So pretty straightforward show today. Uh, no Laker game to talk about tonight. Let's go ahead and jump into the David Nwaba stuff. And I'm reading the situation, and Harrison, you can you can tell me if I'm being too cynical about this, but I'm reading the, the situation as if they were if they would have handed out a 10-day contract to David Nwaba, they probably wouldn't have waited the way they did today. Uh, although you had an interesting theory before we went on the air with this. Uh, I did. Yeah, about uh, not leaking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's as Magic Johnson said right before he admitted that the Lakers were getting trade calls about Lou Williams. The Lakers don't leak things anymore. So starting right after that Lou Williams leak, they don't leak things anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe that's it. They've plugged all the leaks. They're all all closed up. And this is going to be really bad if – they announce the Nwaba news right after we're done recording this podcast, which is what I have a feeling is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But we're recording it pretty late, so maybe there's nothing till tomorrow. And technically, we're recording this at like 11 o'clock on Monday night. So they still got an hour left to decide on whether or not they're going to extend Nwaba for the rest of the season. But yeah, I mean, either they don't leak things and they're just going to let fans find out if he's still on the team when Luke Walton subs him in as God intended. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you know, they're going to uh, – this is going to come out tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I guess 
whether or not we actually know if he's cut, I think that we can have opinions on what they should do and their thought their thought process as they go through this whole thing. Yeah, and and I guess that's how we'll we'll cover this for right now. I guess do you think I mean the 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 number one question to ask is do you think Waba has earned himself a a contract for the rest of the season? I'd say so. I I mean certainly more so than several of the other guys that the Lakers have decided to keep on their roster for the season, just because I, I think that long term he could be something. I don't know, like you, I, I know you have different thoughts on this than I do, but I, I just think if his defense is really, really good, obviously. He's not a great shooter, but he mitigates it by not shooting a lot. And his, every, his teams at every level so far have been better with him on the floor. And while I don't want to be that guy that's like he's just a winner, he's a gamer, whatever, but he does a lot of things that help teams play well, even though he does have very obvious weaknesses, mainly his complete lack of an outside shot. That's where my issue with him starts. It's like it's one thing, it's one thing to to you know to not be good at it. And, you know, there'd be a light at the end of the tunnel there with being able to improve, uh, you know, having a decent shot form and it just never going in or having been a decent shooter at at some level before this. Uh, but a shooting guard who cannot shoot it with how important spacing is in, in today's NBA. And it'd be one thing, too, if like if Julius Randle was Dirk Nowitzki and you know, you could rely on the spacing that would be provided from that, then okay, yeah, then that would work. If same goes for Larry Nance Jr. If he was a better shooter himself, then yeah, you make that work. But as it currently stands, Brandon Ingram isn't a good shooter right now. Uh nope. Jordan Jordan Clarkson's shot comes and goes and it and it goes more often than it uh comes and then goes out. Yeah. It, <laughs> and and uh you know Julius Randle has improved in his in his shooting, but still isn't somebody who you would necessarily rely upon. Like when a Julius Randle three goes in, it's like a oh hey he made a three, you know. Uh, and and you know so far the best shooter I would say on the Lakers roster, other than Nick Young, is D'Angelo Russell, and you're hoping to open up the offense for him, right? So uh, you can't have yet another guy completely take away from spacing because opposing defenses when he gets the ball on the perimeter i mean it, it's a it's a dare and that's what but he doesn't get the th- the thing is, is he doesn't get the ball on the perimeter and well, so while it does would, hurt you your would, spacing you would want that, you would want to be able to pass to somebody else on the perimeter though that's true but i i, I do have two counterpoints number one he plays better defense than any of the lakers other current wing options i think we can agree on that right mm-hmm and I think that we can also agree that most of them, other than Young, aren't exactly setting the world on fire from deep, right? Right. And I think that Nwaba, I, I mean, I'm not saying that he should be the Lakers starter on their next, like, really good team. But I think he contributes in enough ways that e- even though he can't shoot, he does actually, if you watch him, like, a really good job crashing the glass, basically. Like, he has a really good sense of timing for when a shot's going to be coming off. And he he hasn't gotten a ton of offensive rebounds yet, 
but he he doesn't just stand there out on the perimeter. He does make himself active and try and do something. And so, I, I mean, there is the chance that that ends up hurting your transition defense eventually, but the Lakers' defense in a very limited sample size has been about 14 points per 100 possessions better with Noaba on the floor since they signed him. And, I mean, that's insane, and that's never going to continue, but he, he has helped. And I think that he is – I think he's an NBA player. I don't know if the Lakers are going to ultimately end up being that situation for some of the con- – for concerns that you mentioned because of the shot, all of that stuff. But I, I honestly – I don't see why – if they want to audition other guys, cut Tyler Ennis, cut Thomas yeah. Robinson, cut Meta World Peace. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think they kind of found something in him, and I don't know if he's ultimately like – a contributor to like a playoff team or a championship contending team, but he can certainly help the Lakers in certain ways right now. So my, my counter to the counter here is that does Nuaba's defense help develop other guys on the Lakers as much as having somebody who could stand there and hit the occasional three pointer and the spacing that we'd be provided by that would help, D'Angelo Russell shooting and then you bring up you know the other guys on the roster who you know in Robinson's case like he provided a spark for a little while but he's fallen out of the rotation completely I I was never on the Robinson train I I don't think he's good I mean I guess it's it's tough for me because we don't know necessarily what he would be good at like at least with Nwaba we know that he would be good at defense right yeah Robinson it's like he's a hustle guy but He's a hustle guy in the same way that somebody would get high off of like speed and then just run all over the court. Would yeah, I mean, to. that's my thing. I think he pops off the screen for a lot of people because of that activity. But I forget who said this quote, but it's like, don't mistake activity for achievement. I, I just don't think that uh, he runs around like a crazy person out there, but I'm just not sure how much he actually helps. Yeah, meaningful activity is a lot more important than just activity for the sake of it. Yeah, he, um, he he hustles like hell. I'll give him that. But I, I just – I'm not sure how functional it is. And then, the you know, Ennis, Ennis is probably the worst Laker I've ever seen. And what's hilarious is he's played in such a tiny sample size, and this really shows you the n- negatives of net rating sometimes, is that he, he actually has by far the best net rating of any Laker, and he's, like, probably the worst player they've played this year. Yeah, I, I mean, Ennis – I, again, he's another one of those guys who I don't actually know what he's good at. You know, I don't I don't know if there's a single NBA skill that I've I've seen from him that would make me say, okay, yeah, this guy should be the Lakers should take a look, a longer look at whether he should. Uh, you know, if it, I would I would much rather use his roster spot to see if there's somebody else out there that the Lakers could find. And, yeah, there there are a couple D League guys that they could look at. And but I, I still kind of come back to the same. I, I kind of find myself making the same point with Nwaba, and it's kind of funny with Laker fans, and and I guess all fans fall fall victim to this as well. But especially with Laker fans, because there are so many of them, and I guess the the every every narrative and every theme that come about from from Laker social media is going to be louder because there are so many more fans, but. It's funny to me how expectations play a role in in how people look at these guys, right? Laker fans love like the fifteenth guy, and we'll fight like hell about whether we should keep Robert Upshaw or Robert Sacre. If we should keep 
Tyler Battle Ennis. of the Robs, never forget. Yeah, <laughs> we should keep Tyler Ennis or David Nwaba. You know, to me, it's like all of these guys are just kind of in this tier of NBA player who, like David Nwaba, he's a cool story and stuff, but I just, I, I hate shooting guards. You can't shoot. Like that's just that's it, to me that you'll never be successful with the with you know somebody who should be the best shooter on your team not being able to shoot at all like the fact I'm that normally it's... very much with you on that I just think that he brings enough to the table on defense that like there are situations and lineups where you can try and mitigate it I, it's, it's like the Tony Allen thing is is a guy who sticks out of like he was first team all defense and all that but I would I I would hate to have rooted for the Celtics back then when he would catch the ball on the perimeter or you know when he's in Memphis lately too uh where he catches the ball on the perimeter and it's like oh yeah nothing's actually going to happen here and I think there's an inherent ceiling you put on your team when you have somebody like that on your roster though I don't know if Tony Allen won did the Celtics win a championship with Tony Allen I don't think they did. No, they did not. Yeah, so I he, he might have been a reserve on the 08 team if uh, possibly. But he wasn't he didn't play but like he a wasn't crucial, a contributor. Right, yeah. Um and I'm not saying that David David Nwaba would be leaned on to provide a pr- crucial role, though I would argue somebody who hopes to impact your team defensively more than any other role, you need as big a sample size with that player. You need a bu- much bigger sample size to figure out that impact than somebody who just kind of steps on the court and I'd, hits like three three pointers in five minutes and then just calls it a night. I'd say ultimately his role in the NBA, should he make one for himself, is he's a guy that comes in at times for a team for like on, on like a good team, comes in like you know every so often eight to ten minutes a night to like give another look to the other team's best player. Yeah, I, like and just see if he can slow him down, get him out of rhythm, something like that. Like I, I don't know if I ever see him as like, like I don't ever see him as like a full time starter or anything. I just think that he's shown enough that with twelve, I believe twelve games left in the season, wh- why keep Thomas Robinson? Why keep? I mean, I guess I get why they keep Meta. Like I, I, I don't love the process of it, but I get it. And or like, why keep Tyler Ennis? Like, you gave up Marcelo Huertas for him. It's not like you cashed in some major asset. That would be you know? funny if that was Magic's like <laughs> line in the sand, where he's just saying, "No, man, that was one of like my first two moves. I can't, I can't trade this guy away." Are the people are gonna say I'm a failure? <laughs> like after after Kevin Ding wrote all that shit about whether you know Jim Bus holding on to Robert Sacre too long. Now Magic's gonna hold on to Tyler Ennis too long. But God forbid Ding would point that out. I don't think that would happen. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, frankly, I don't care with with Maba, Ennis, Robinson, whatever. Like they, like I said, they are the fifteenth guy or the thirteenth guy I on just, a team that's going to win twenty whatever games. Like it'd be cool for Nwaba to to be able to cash in and and get a a payday for the rest of the season. Like that'd be nice, and and especially given where he's coming from. So from that standpoint of it like maybe reward him and you're going to cut somebody who's going to get paid anyway and it's minimal money against the bottom line for the lakers so you know maybe make oh, that happen nothing for the lakers yeah so you you make that happen for somebody like nwaba um and and you kind of ride the 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 feel good story about this but but yeah i, I guess i <sighs> 
at the end of the day, we aren't five years, no, two years from now, we aren't going to be sitting here and talking about the the famed battle, the position battle between David Nwaba and Tyler Ennis. I would say most likely not, obviously, <laughs> right? But I, what I would add is that there are teams that just throw this roster spot away. They're like, whatever. It, it doesn't matter who you have there. And then there are teams that churn the bottom of their roster, and they occasionally find a guy who pops and ends up playing a role for them. And so I don't think that you can just say, oh, it's Nwaba or Ennis. They're never going to make a difference. Neither of them are ever going to make a difference. They're the 15th guy. Like, sometimes you can find a guy there. Like, the Sixers, they, they found, uh, like, Robert Covington, who's become, like, somewhat of an NBA contributor just by churning the bottom of their roster and going through the process and trying to see if they could find any NBA players out of the scrap heap. And occasionally they've kind of clicked on one and yeah, they've been really bad. So they aren't the best example, but occasionally you do find an NBA player in that process of just like, Hey, let's sign this guy, this guy, this guy out of the D league, see what they can do. Yeah, no, I agree that there you should always be looking to improve your roster. Like that's especially with a, a team like the Lakers in the rebuild that don't have very many assets to work with anyway. So I would agree that I would be kind of disappointed if the Lakers stuck with the status quo and they kept Ennis and they kept uh, everybody. They they kept all fifteen of these guys and they didn't take a longer look at somebody else who 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 could. Uh, be found elsewhere across the league like that would be kind of a bummer i guess i just don't care who they would give up to to find that next guy yeah i mean it's it's hard to argue with their decision it's kind of hard to argue with their decision ultimately because we're picking nits here but i just think nuaba has shown enough that i think that you sign him to one of those like one like non-guaranteed next like it's like a two-year deal but it's like the rest of this year so like 12 games and then a non-guaranteed next year and then you bring him to summer league you bring him to training camp you see what he gives you and then if he makes the roster then great and if he doesn't then he doesn't but i i think you do that because there's maybe something there with him that i just i don't think there's anything there with ennis i don't think there's anything there with robinson and there definitely isn't anything there with world peace yeah, I'm just not even putting him in the discussion because I think like world peace is not something the Lakers are willing to get rid of right now. Yeah, they're gonna they're going to give him like a pseudo pseudo farewell tour where like the last game they'll do something nice for him on his way out. You mean next season? Oh my god! I swear to God. <laughs> you, it, you can't. This is obviously an audio format, so nobody can see this thing. But my fist just balled. <laughs> yeah, I could I can actually I could hear it actually. <laughs> uh so yeah, I I I could, you know, it'd be kind of nice to keep Meta around for the for that last moment. He did he did win a championship. He did, you know, give the greatest press conference in the history of press conferences. Oh so, my god. I, the Lakers need to start him in their final game of the season and just let him shoot every single time in the first quarter and see if they can get him to heat up. Like, what if he scored, like, 65 in his last game? <laughs> then Kobe would come back to try to score Kobe 66. would come out of retirement. I yeah. promise you. Yeah. I promise you he'd come out of retirement. <laughs> no, I, I think the better way they do this is, like, you know, it's the final game. Uh, maybe the Lakers. Like Golden State. The, so Golden State might be resting their starters. Meta could maybe get 65 <laughs> against the Golden State bench if the Lakers just gave him the ball every single time. I, I Sure. But I, I think the way this actually plays out is the game will be kind of out of hand either way, or it won't matter because the Lakers are playing against 
Golden State's Z team, basically. And and the Lakers won't be trying to win because they have that pick in the air still. Uh, but I, so I think they kind of bring Meta in to the end. To the He's end their of the Madsen. <laughs> yeah, he, he he'll be their their victory cigar on on you know a season that that nobody's going to call a victory. Um, Unless they keep the pick. Yeah, uh, I was gonna. <laughs> did I say? Did I finish my point about expectations though? Uh, I think so. Well, just I, I guess just just to make sure, I want to make this point because it's funny to me how people, people, you know, the way you hear folks talk about D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, whatever, it you know they're automatically you know bus because they have a bad month or whatever in their rookie or sophomore year, and that has everything to do with the expectation that comes out of being a top two pick, right? And then you have these guys, the Upshaws, the Nwabas, you know, who find player X on any random Laker team who people talk themselves into. Uh, Ryan Kelly. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it and people will will defend those guys to the death, and it's because you have zero expectations when you saw that guy play for the first time, right? Uh, so you know, Nawaba fits into that category for me, and and whoever else the Lakers find, I would imagine is going to have a moment or two as well. Uh, I do think Nawaba would be a huge hit at summer league. Yeah, I like, think so too. I mean, his game is kind of perfect for it. Yeah, he would just he would go out there, he just would get run, like and... runs around and actually gives a crap, which is like you check number one box for summer league for some of these guys that are just there because like they're obligated to be. Yeah, and uh, and gets out in transition and dunks a lot. Yeah, like second uh, se- second like the the upper deck of Lakers fans would be very lit for Nawaba. We might we might get some David chance or something like that. I would imagine we're going to hear over, you know, if Clarkson is still on the roster by the time next Summer League rolls around and Waba plays in Lakers Summer League, you're going to get a time or two people saying, "Hey, does does Waba make more sense playing alongside Russell?" Oh, that'll definitely be a podcast that we do from a gondola in <laughs> from Vegas. <a> gondola. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, next bit of news was Rob Polinko slash Rob Lowe uh, going with Magic Johnson to New York, I would imagine, is where they saw yes, New uh, York. Adam Silver uh, to apparently learn about the CBA, which, like, frankly— And complain about Buck security guards. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't think it's a very good sign when we're bragging about learning something that literally everybody else in the NBA knows. Well, to be fair to them, it is the new CBA, so not everybody knows it like the back of their hands yet. Like ever, I think all the front offices are still learning it. I guess you caught me off guard. I was taking a sip of water, but that's okay. But I, I think all of them are still learning it, and I think, I, I mean, to me, this is like this. Is, I, I'm gonna stay woke a little bit on this one. And I, I think it's just blatant Lakers are Lakers 2.0 propaganda right now where I just think that they're trying to show like the casual fan like, hey, look, we understand the CBA. That's what these analytics nerds keep telling you is important. We're, we're going to own the league because now we have star power in the CBA. Boom. The, the number one thing I took count from the that ring, picture, the rest of NBA, the, the, the count the CBAs, <laughs> count the chapters that we've read. Uh, the thing I took away from from that tweet or whatever, 
aside from how stupid it looks to me that we're bragging about learning a CVA, <laughs> that again, at some point, everybody's going to be learning it. I would also, man, I, I keep hitting detours, but one, Rob Palinka is really tall. Two, yes. I would love. Or he's standing on a box. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's really that tall because he, he gave up. A... No, I know. I saw him in person last week. He's oh, really yeah, tall. I forgot. I forgot your. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, but. I, I would love to be in on the conversations that they're having with Adam of like, so like Adam, where's, where's the clause where the Lakers get an extra bit of cap space because we give so much money across the rest of the league. Like how revenue sharing works both ways, right? He's going uh, in there as an agent negotiating extra CBA provisions for the <laughs> Lakers. He's like, Hey Adam, how about you throw me a little amnesty clause here? How about that? <laughs> I still want somebody to ask Magic if he knows what CBA stands for. Oh, I'm sure he knows. I, that's the document that tells him that he can't just sign LeBron. That's the first question he asked Adam Silver today. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, why can't I just sign LeBron and Stephen Curry? They're really good. <laughs> Rob, signs, <laughs> Rob chimes in. I am literally thinking the same thing. <laughs> Adam's just this shaking is, his head. Without a doubt, the most complicated document I have ever laid eyes on. <laughs> Why are these chapters so long? There are no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is he doesn't sound anything like this, no. and I'm not stopping. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's kind of funny to like him and Jesse Mermies getting into a conversation would be the greatest thing of all time. Well, if he actually talked like Chris Traeger in Parks and Rec. Well, no, I mean, based off of that press conference that he gave, like the stories that he was saying, calling. Yeah, he did tell. He is a great storyteller. Him and Mermies could probably go back and forth for a while. Yeah, and they would make zero sense over the course of the conversation. (laughs) Like none, none whatsoever. And it would still be a better podcast than this one. Oh man, wait, why did I do that? We'll we'll delete that part. I I would sign up for that podcast. The, yeah, I would absolutely subscribe. That that needs a podcast. Just rate rate our show five stars in expectation of that show. Like if you want to see that show made, just rate our five stars. We'll make it happen. Maybe that's not legally binding. Yep. Yeah. Uh. So that was that was a thing that happened though. Apparently they learned the CBA. If you're gonna learn it, learn it from the source. Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, they they went to New York to learn it. They did not just cheap out and use just the CBA FAQ like us bloggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, for the price of like, you know, like a private plane to to and from New York and whatever hotels they probably stay in. I'm sure it's really I'm sure it's nicer than where I stayed. Don't mm-hmm. say it shared in Times Square. Um, <laughs> I, I would say that I, I would say that maybe they could have hired Larry Coon or Eric Pincus. I don't know how much that works out to, but like they probably could have done it. Given them a ten day consult, they should have given both those guys a ten day and been like, "All right, whoever gives us the sign them to the roster, (laughs) (laughs) whoever gives us the most information, you guys can stay on in our front office." That's yeah. Well, well, Tyler Ennis looks on from outside the practice facility. Sadly, (laughs) Tyler Ennis is there flipping through the CBA himself. Um, yeah, that that would be fun. So, sorry, right. sorry Tyler. You're, he seems like a nice guy, but yeah, just, he's yeah. not good at basketball, which is important in the NBA, the National so, Basketball Association. Um, All right, tell me, tell me about this uh, James Harden and Trevor Ariza tweet that you you 
it, neither of them are Lakers, so this better be good. Yeah, so somebody in the media tonight asked Trevor Ariza, is this stretch that James Harden had, has had, have you ever seen anything like this? Mm, I would imagine. And so Trevor Ariza just yeah. uh, goes, I mean, I played with Kobe, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the perfect response from Trevor Ariza. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, especially at the time that Kobe was playing. That was that was pretty great. Can I go on a quick rant then? Since we're on this subject? Sure, go for it. Let's let's so go on a we I keep on anytime I bring up any ex NBA player, right? Like I brought up Charles Barkley a month ago and people just jumped down my mentions to scream at me that oh he would dominate. He would totally dominate. Oh yeah, by the way, fours are expected to shoot three pointers nowadays and he's the worst one in the history of the league. I was going to say Charles Barkley was more than happy to shoot three pointers. He just wasn't good at it. (laughs) He just sucked at it. Uh, And then like, you know, I was talking about Iverson and I said that Iverson would have need to learn to shoot three pointers as well because, you know, his body broke down as it was and you know, he was still in that phase where he could have learned how to shoot. Yeah, you you put Iverson on a team with some spacing, and I I think Iverson goes out there and dominates. That that Sixers team that he was on would not have been good, but like in today's NBA. But if you put Iverson with a couple shooters, he he's still going to be an amazing player. I guess I guess for me, I I'm not willing to you know just jump out there and say that these guys would develop care you know attributes in their game. No, I'm not saying that he would need to develop anything. He would just need to be on the right roster. I I still think he would need to develop it to a certain extent. Like Eh, maybe how many how many guards are successful in the NBA today who just can't shoot three pointers? Mm, What's John Wall shooting from three this year? It's probably better than Iverson. That's possible. So, uh, but but it's funny though how people people will go out there and they'll they'll add on these attributes to certain players. And then when Kobe comes up in these similar conversations, it's like, oh, pff, Kobe couldn't guard Westbrook. He would have sucked. Yeah, like, what the F are you talking about? Like, if you're going to if you're gonna lend that extra bit of ability to all of these guys who you're talking about, how, like, Jerry West all of a sudden is going to be able to dribble with his left hand. Like, these guys will, will add John on. John Wall shooting not even 32% from three this year. So I, I think Iverson still could have been pretty good. Yeah, I guess. But the Wizards are – anywho. But uh, with with Kobe, though, like if there was anybody in the NBA who you could say – who I would feel comfortable looking back on and doing whatever it would take to get an advantage in the in the era that he was playing in, wouldn't it be Kobe? Prime Kobe would have been just as good, if not better, in today's NBA. But like, but what I'm saying though is that like when people when people talk about how you know I you know guys would have just you know if they would have been drafted now and they came up in today's NBA they would have been different players because of the style of play, right? Like I had people telling me that Barkley would have just developed a three point shot, which I I I just I don't I'm not willing him to give him that benefit of the doubt. But with Kobe, I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because the guy was a sociopath. Like the guy was, he, there's no doubt in my mind. If if the if the league that he was playing in prioritized three pointers, Kobe would would have been shooting 27 three pointers a game. Yeah, you know. And uh, anyway, but like that was the the rant that I had. Those like with with 
<laughs> how guys are in it and it's great like Russell Westbrook is putting together an incredible year James Harden incredible year LeBron still incredible right uh Kawhi Leonard's also really good but when, when people say how like oh those four guys are better than Kobe was at any point in their career while also not letting Kobe evolve in the discussion discussion that they're letting the other guys who I talked about earlier dev, uh evolve in the discussion I just it it makes my head spin at the uh, unfairness in the conversation that kind of sur- surrounds Kobe. So that was my rant. <clears throat> this very much went in a direction I was not expecting. I mean, well, I mean, you brought up Kobe, and I was thinking about it anyway because my mentions are always a tire fire. But yeah, the, I mean, hey, Kobe better. Kobe better. Yeah, that's just gonna. I'm gonna send out that tweet right now. But tell me about the the Harden tweet. I'm guessing he did not respond to Trevor Ariza mentioning Kobe very well. Oh, no, nobody – Harden didn't say anything. It was just related to him. Uh, I don't have any quotes from Harden. Oh, I just thought, I thought it was hilarious. I thought I, no, Harden there tweeted was, back. Like, that would have no, been no, hilarious. No, no, no. Trevor Ariza didn't tweet this. Somebody said it to him in a post-game scrum. Yeah, no, I thought I thought Harden would have seen the quote and tweeted back. Like, that would have been great. Oh, that would have been hilarious. But, no, that as far as, the, as far as when this show is recorded, that has not happened yet. All right. Well, if – But, yeah. I mean, it was – uh, I mean, it was hilarious just to picture Trevor Ariza looking at this reporter like, I, play- I played with Kobe, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, he was he was pretty good, fun fact. Was was he, was he like, did you see the clip of it, or was it no, just... No, 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 somebody oh. just tweeted out the quote, but the clip just the way that they, fra- they transcribed it, he was like, well, I played with Kobe, so... <laughs> That is pretty tremendous. That's that's pretty great. Shouts to Trevor. Uh, yeah, Ariza. Trevor Ariza forever. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> this this show kind of wandered a little bit. I told you guys yesterday that that we we were probably going to wander today because it's March twentieth, and the Lakers couldn't even announce whether or not they signed a fourteenth guy to uh to a contract for the rest of the year. So again, no leaks. We're gonna find out tomorrow when Luke Walton makes his first sub if Nawaba's still on the team. I, I I can't wait for like while you're editing this podcast to find out what happens. It's absolutely Nwaba. going to drop right when I hit publish on this podcast. Yeah, it, as soon as we go off the air. Yeah. Um all right. So this was fun though, in a, a, a relatively short conversation. The Lakers play the Clippers tomorrow night or tonight, tonight by the time everybody is listening to this. So we'll have something to talk about there. We'll see if D'Angelo Russell is able to uh, to keep up the, the kind of play that he had against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Fun fact, D'Angelo Russell's co- uh, career scoring high is higher than Gordon Hayward. So D'Lo better. Yeah, we hashtag, can start that. D'Lo better. Hashtag D'Lo better. So, uh, so yeah, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this one. We'll be uh, we'll we'll try to stay a little bit more on topic tomorrow, but at this point of the year, we'll try. We're just trying to have as much fun as we possibly can. Yeah, because I mean, the, the topics really matter. The team's bad. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's going to be the the show description. The team's bad. Yeah, no. Tomorrow, matter. tomorrow, we're going to review <laughs> cakes and like I'm going to live tweet Logan or something Iron while Fist. we're recording the show. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll talk about we'll talk about Iron Fist and like try new styles of cake on air and review that. And please listen to the show tomorrow. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do any we, of this. We won't do that. We won't do that. Though Iron Fist hasn't been very good. Um, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow. Thanks, Harrison, for 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 hopping on this one. Thank you everybody for listening so far and and sticking with us through this. 
We're almost there. We're almost there. 12 games to go. Let's get through this together. You're not going to say thanks, Anthony, or anything like that? Thanks, Anthony. All right, thanks.